everyone, I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. We are so glad you've joined us today. Our podcast is a platform for women to share their stories. We have a different woman share a story on the first of every month. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but in the end, it's always encouraging. Be sure to hit subscribe so you'll be alerted the next time we have a podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, livingoutloud.today. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you will enjoy the show. Now it's time to meet our next guest. Hey, hey, welcome to our March podcast. Ooh, it's March. Okay, so I have a question for you. Okay. Do you have an annoying habit that you do or that you know of that just annoys others? Ooh, good question. Uh, I probably have a lot, but one that comes to mind is one that I've actually shared with a few people, and I have permission to share how my mom is a part of this. She has let me share this before, so I think she'll be totally fine um, with me sharing it on here. But when I was younger, I've just always turned my sneezes into coughs. (laughs) And it's really loud. I'm sure you've heard me do it. I I can't picture it. Okay, well, it's really loud, but I don't ever think anything about it. And I've always been proud of it because I see people sneeze and they just go like, they try to keep it in like, you know, like little, and I'm afraid their head's going to blow up. (laughs) Like it's all going to get like pressure like in there. So I just let mine out. But the reason I do it is because I don't want all of the, like I do sneeze into my elbow where it doesn't go everywhere. Right. But I think when I was little, I just remember like if I had a cold or something like it, you know, all the stuff would go everywhere and I'd have to clean all that. (laughs) I know that sounds so gross, but like being at school and if I had a cold, well, so anyway, I was always scared. I mean, proud of that. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing everybody a favor. I'm doing myself a favor. And I noticed that not a lot of people can do it. So it's kind of a gift. You can just turn it into a cough. And I've had people ask me like, well, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, I'm like, you just do it. So My middle son, who graduated in May, brought to my attention this past year that it annoys him. It's loud, and it's annoying. This is the first he's ever told me about. This is the first anybody's ever told me about it. I've never known that it annoyed people because I've been proud of it. Yeah. So, (laughs) were you offended? Yes, I was a little offended, but I was like, but here's what I thought. I thought, you're just being... You're letting little things get to you. Like, there yeah. are things that people do all the time, but I just, like, deal with it. Yeah. Like, it can't be that annoying. Yeah. But it's because you don't really hear your own self how loud it is. Right. But then my mom came to live with me two years ago. And when he told me that, I noticed that she does it. So, it must be a family oh. thing. And then my mom said that my sister, one of my sisters, does it. So, do you do it every time or just, like, a Every couple? time because it's, like, I'm so good at it. And, like... <laughs> Like, even if you were just in your room by yourself. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to sneeze like you or anybody else that gets all the stuff everywhere. Because I turn it into a cough, and it doesn't go everywhere, and it's just good. It's just loud. But whenever I notice my mom doing it, it started annoying me because she is so loud when she does it. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I'm going to work on that because I don't want to be like that. (laughs) That is loud. And it is annoying. So yeah. I've been annoying my sons probably. Not all, not all of them. Just one has told me yeah. this. Yeah. And now I'm like, Camden, 
I am sorry because it is loud. I've noticed that Gran does that. Yeah. And now Gran's trying to work on it because I've been, I do better at it now. Like I, I have to stop myself. I'm still trying to work on it. You're conscious of it. Yes. I don't want right. to annoy people. I mean, if nobody's in the room, I'm totally turning it into a cough. Yeah. And I don't care. But if, like, if I were right here, I wouldn't do it to you. Yeah. Um, and so I told my mom, and now she's trying to work on it. But it's a habit, like, that we've had forever. That's hilarious. I don't think it's normal because I don't ever hear anybody do it except for us. Yeah, I kind of want to hear this when we <laughs> record it. Um, okay, so the first thing that popped into my head for me is I run my fingers through my hair. Uh-huh. Like, all the time. Whether it's, I mean, it's really worse when it's straight. So I think that's why I wear it curly a lot because... I'm not as tempted to do it because I've worked on curling it. Yeah. Um, I really do it when I'm in, like, deep thought Mm -hmm. or if I'm, like, nervous about something or stressed, working on something, trying to focus. It's, like, my comfort zone. Like, I just would just rub my fingers through my hair. Well, when I do that, I have so much hair that I get hair. Like, it just comes out because it's so thick. So, like, I'll have, like, a whole thing of hair in my hand that I have to throw away. And you did just have three babies. Well, you're about to have another one. True, and so you so probably like had, yeah. Yeah. But my hair is like the same texture as like a horse's tail. It's just like a yeah, lot. Yeah. And coarse. And so, yeah, I know that it annoys people. It doesn't annoy me. And I, I knew when you said that, I was like, yes, you totally do it. <laughs> like every time we record, but you have like a certain way you do it. And it's yeah. kind of fun. Like yeah. it's fun to watch you do it. It doesn't <laughs> annoy me. Yeah. Like I well, think my son does it. I don't really want you to stop. My son does it. Because then it wouldn't be you. I know. I know. I've done it my whole life. you got to do it here. I have done it my whole life. Um, Anyone that has known me longer than a year knows exactly what I'm talking about and can picture me doing it. Because it's just turned into a habit. I have tried to put my hair up. And I will pull my hair out of the ponytail and be running my fingers through it before I consciously even know it. Gotcha. My son does it all the time, and there will be times we're driving somewhere, and I look in the rearview mirror, and both of us have the same hand, and Aww. we're just, like, going through our hair, so it's just funny. I don't think it's annoying, though. I don't think you well, should stop, unless it's people, bothering you and you're worried about your, losing your hair. I know but, my husband gets annoyed because um, sometimes as a joke, like, I'll be like, hey, will you go, will you go this way for me? And it's, like, up <laughs> for my hair. So he's like, eh. Don't like that. That's funny. <laughs> well, do you have a favorite thing this month? I do. Um, so breakfast, breakfast is hard for me. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time. I'm not a breakfast person. I mean, I enjoy like pancakes, bacon, gravy, but I don't wake up looking forward to eating. Yeah. I'm that type of person that I would rather just not eat until like 11 o'clock and then just have like a granola bar or something like that um, or like a lunch food. And so breakfast is always frustrating for me because I feel like I need to do cereal or yogurt or oatmeal. And I just don't really love that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, And the things that I do like would take a long time to cook. And I'm usually trying to run out the door and eat it on my drive. I found these. I'm not saying that they're like the super healthiest, but there are 14 grams of protein. It's Jimmy Dean Delights, bacon and spinach. And they're like egg bites. So they I come love in a pack those. of two. You can get them from Kroger, maybe even Walmart. Um, but the protein, there's eggs, there's spinach in it, and it's just I pop it in the microwave, and they're filling uh-huh. at least till that mid-morning, and I can at yeah. least have something in my system and not yeah. be like on an empty stomach with coffee. And it's 
fast, and I can eat it in my car on yeah. my lap. I love those, and I haven't had the delight. I mean, the the bites, yeah. but I've had. Wait, let me see. I've had the big, like it's egg, turkey, and spinach. Okay. And wait, yeah. But they're they're bigger like biscuits, but okay. it's the egg for the biscuits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the I've turkey in the middle. Yeah. Turkey mm-hmm. sausage, maybe. Yeah. I love those. Those mm-hmm. are so good. These are just two two bites per package. Cool. And you can have it with like, if I'm at home, I might eat it with some yogurt mm-hmm. or like a piece of toast or something. But sometimes I'll just put that in the microwave and eat it on my drive into town. I love it. Yeah. Well, I don't have a favorite thing this month, but I do want to share something that okay. God has been reminding me of. And, you know, a lot of times when we pray about something, we will pray about the same thing over and over, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just part of our prayer journey. Yeah. But in the past, there have been times I'm like, well, am I not trusting God with it if I keep coming to Him over and over? Mm-hmm. And I know the answer to that, but it was so cool because I was reminded in Scripture that it is good for us to keep go into the Lord about the same thing. It's the parable of the persistent widow. Mm. And um, I even shared this on Instagram. I shared, I pray this in the scripture encourages you today to keep praying for whatever you are praying for and about. Um, God has not just called us to pray. He has called us to be persistent in prayer. And in the parable of the persistent widow, Luke 18, one through eight Jesus makes plain that God invites and expects persistent prayer. Praying for the same thing over a long period of time is a unique expression of faith and that honors God in a great way. And I was just thinking about, you know, if you go read that, um, it's uh, just very encouraging to keep praying for what you've been praying about for years. I mean, if it lines up with the Lord's, word and in his will in his time he will answer that the way he sees fit um but go read that and it just reminded me too that we pray to a responsive god mm-hmm. and he's always responding and uh and what that's doing when we come to him over and over he is building a relationship with him mm-hmm. that's wonderful yeah great wisdom thank you for sharing that April Rogers is a published author of Made to Shine, 90 Devotions to Enjoy and Reflect God's Light. After losing her brother in a tragic car accident, April held onto her faith in God and allowed him to turn her darkness into light. Now she lives to encourage others to shine in their everyday lives by speaking at conferences and shining God's light on her YouTube channel titled The Reflecting Light Show. April is a seminary graduate with her Master's in Theological Studies, mom to two sweet daughters, and wife to an amazing man. Her favorite things consist of coffee, community, and Sunday afternoon naps. You can visit her website at aprilrogers.com. Welcome, April. Thank you so much for coming on to share your story. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Corey Robertson recommended you to us, and um, so we knew that you... You had a story. Everybody has a story, but we knew you had some uh, encouragement to share with us and our listeners. So we're just going to let you share. That's wonderful. And actually, we have a lot of friends in common 
And the way that I found out about your podcast initially was through our mutual friend, Stephanie Payne. And she came on your podcast all those years ago. And she said, you have to start following Allie and Amanda. You're going to love them. Um, So anyway, it's a pleasure for me to be here. And I feel like I get to honor Stephanie's memory. Um, She passed away several years ago, but she was a wonderful woman of God and a true, just a true Christ follower and an encourager in the faith. So I think it's really neat that we're connected through her and through Corey. And I know that the Lord is going to be glorified through our conversation. Yes. And I just love God's timing. He is so good and faithful with all of that. And Yes, our listeners remember Stephanie well. I'm sure mm, yes. such a sweet friend of ours. She came and spoke at um, our first conference that we did. Um, she was hilarious. Uh, we loved her. So she good. really was. She had such a, such a great um, spirit of joy, even though she had had a lot of heartache in her life. Yes, mm. God totally used her. Well, um, okay. Well, we're excited to hear what you have to share with us today. Okay, well, that's actually a really good segue into my story. So um, really, my story is that I had a very charmed childhood. I was raised in a healthy home, a Christian home. Both of my parents are believers and have a little sister, Julia, and a little brother, Jeremy, and was able to grow up just really loving each other. We weren't the perfect family, but we enjoyed being with each other you know, just boat riding and and family vacations. Our parents didn't spoil us with a bunch of gifts, but they made sure that we spent a lot of time together, which was a a really beautiful gift in itself. And I got married to the maid of my dreams, Adams, whenever I was 24 years old, we had met in college and he is a, a true light in my life. He is my biggest supporter. And I'll tell you a little bit more about him later, but Adams and I had not even been married for a year whenever we lost my brother Jeremy in a tragic car accident. And I can remember just that day. It was a Friday. It was a beautiful day. And he was supposed to be getting out for spring break. And he was going to spend the weekend with myself and Adams for um, my parents were going out of town on a trip. And I was really looking forward to him coming over And we got a call around dusk that he had been in a bad car accident. And at that point, Mm -hmm. I had hope, you know, as as I raced to the hospital, I I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to walk in here and he's going to be all right. We we might have a long ride ahead of us, but that wasn't to be, you know, we walked in and they said it was just done. He died on the scene Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was really hard, you know, I mean, the, the, the days that followed that were a blur, really, um, except for the fact that the Holy Spirit just picked us up and carried us through it. My parents made it back from their trip, and um, my sister and Adams and I, we just, you know, hugged on each other till they got here, and um, I remember we heard a lot of stories about how Jeremy had led other kids to Christ on the playground at his junior high and um, all through his high school years, you know, he, again, he wasn't the perfect kid, you know, he, he was the annoying little brother, but but he had such a heart for people, very compassionate, and he wanted everybody to know about his savior, Jesus, and so after that, it really kind of shifted 
things for me. And I started to think about things eternally minded and not just the here and the now. Um, although that's important too, but I started to think about, I want my life to make a difference. Every single day that I wake up, I want to be able to share about Jesus. And really Jeremy gave me the boldness to be able to do that. So I went from a career in financial planning. I'm a certified financial planner. And I like to say in my former life to now a life of ministry. And I ended up going to seminary. I got my master's in theological studies and have been building a ministry called Reflecting Light in Everyday Life. And so it's just all about how do we shine the light of Christ in the, in the simple things that we do. And so I like to say that Jeremy probably, he probably would have been the preacher if he would have still been alive, mm -hmm. uh, but God put me down this unlikely path to be a minister to women and I'm thankful for it. And it's been a gift actually. I love that. And I, it reminds me a lot of Stephanie's story. I was thinking the earlier same thing. Because yeah. her ministry started to women after her daughter died unexpectedly, right? And so it did. challenging everyone, if you had 10 le weeks left to live, like how would you live it? And um, so I just love how in the midst of the horrible and the heartache, God births new things, things that are gonna bring him glory and, and what it's all about anyway. And so I'm just thankful for you listening to the spirit and listening to God and, and letting him do that in you and not just, you know, it's easy. There's a time of grieving and there's stages and there's seasons. Um, but it, it's, it would be so easy just to wallow in that heartache, you know, forever, but choosing to go, okay, God, what are you trying to do in me and through me through this? And so what a blessing for us women to get to, um, listen to your story and uh, all those who follow your ministry. Mm -hmm. My question is, how do I let my light shine if I'm timid about my faith? That's a really great question. And I think that for me, what I wanted to do was I wanted to take that scripture in Matthew 5, 16, when Jesus says to let your light shine so that when others see the good things that you do, they will glorify your father in heaven. So the, the, the end result, the big goal that we want to have is that we want the father to get the glory. We want our life to be a reflection of who Jesus is in our life. Well, how do we do that? How do we let our light shine? And the, it's found in that second part. It's just doing the, the good works, the good things that we do. So every day that the Holy Spirit wakes us up to begin another day, we have good works to do. And as we start to do those good works, it's either going to bless people or it's not. And I want my life to be a blessing. And I'm sure that your, your listeners do as well, just as I know the two of you do. So really what I tell my people is that it is not rocket science. It's just about being intentional with the opportunities that the Lord gives you every day, because he will bring something to you every single day for you to, to do a good work, to do that good deed. And as you start to do that, you let your light shine. And Jesus is attractive because light is attractive and the work's already been done. You don't have to do anything else than just 
let it shine out there for him. And then as people are attracted to that, then you can say, well, hey, you know, here's what makes me different. Here's why I'm different. I'm a Christ follower. Have you ever heard about Jesus? Can I tell you about him? Can I tell you about my relationship with him? And so then you see, it doesn't have to be this big thing where you're standing on the street corner with a megaphone. <laughs> it's just letting your light shine in your everyday life and being intentional with every single opportunity. And there are so many different ways because, you know, there's different ages and stages of life. Um, so I think that the college age girl has just as many opportunities as somebody who's like me in her 40s has. It's just she's going to be sitting next to somebody in a classroom, whereas I'm going to be sitting with somebody in a coffee shop telling them about the Lord, you know. So just finding those those ways to be intentional, to let your light shine. And that's how you can get over being timid about sharing your faith. Yeah, well, it reminds me of the verse I shared a few months ago. We were talking about how important it is to read God's word. And and the verse in 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And at the end of that, it talks about it equips you to do every good work. And so one of the best ways that we can, you know, equip ourselves is to stay in God's word so that we're ready to be able to be that light that day for whatever God yeah. has for us to bring him glory. That's what I was thinking about the whole time you were talking about that, because um, a lot of times we'll wake up and, and and people are like, well, what can I do? Like, well, if we're in God's word daily, I think that it's just walking with him and discerning that day when we wake up of like, you know, that God gives us those things. The Holy Spirit gives us those things daily and we will be able to see it, I think, a little better when we're in his word. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. And, you know, Paul says that too, to always be ready to give a defense for your faith. And yes. how are you going to be able to do that if you're not in God's word? You know, you've, right. got, you've got to know what it says. Yeah. And anytime I get on the stage to speak, I tell people, I love devotionals. I write devotionals. <laughs> I have a published devotional. Um, but it is not a substitute for the word of God. We have to be digging into God's word for ourselves. And that is truly what transformed my life was just being willing to open up God's word for myself and read it. And, and it changed everything for me. And now I can't get enough. I was reading this morning, it's from Colossians 3.16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom and teaching um, one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And I just think that that goes right in with mm -hmm. what we're talking about because it's a way that we can teach one another. But how are we going to teach one another if we're not in the word and we're not in a relationship with him um, to be able to connect with the true light so that we can actually be a light? to the people around us. April, tell us about your next book. So the title is Delight, Light in All Caps. What does it mean to delight in God? Well, the Lord taught me this lesson whenever I was begging him for a baby. Mm. <laughs> so my, part of my story is that my husband and I went through three years of infertility. Mm. So that's 36 months of thinking that you could be pregnant and then finding out that you're not 
and it was really hard. It was so, so hard during that time. And I remember just crying out to the Lord, you know, like, give me a baby or I will die. <laughs> yeah. And and I was so focused on getting the desire of my heart. And the Lord finally, you know, just kind of took me back to his word. And that's what we were talking about earlier is digging into his word. And through digging into his word, I learned what it meant to delight myself in him first. Mm -hmm. And he said, I am going to give you the desires of your heart, April, but first you're going to learn what it means to delight yourself in me. And that's Psalm 37, four, where he says that King David penned that actually, where he said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so, so often we just go straight to that. I need this, or I want this, or this is my desire without first delighting in him. But whenever we do find our full satisfaction in who God is and our true identity as well, it's then that those blessings are going to follow, mm -hmm. you know, but we can't put the, the car before the horse. It has to be that if then pro proposition, if I'm willing to, to delight myself in him, then he will give me the desires of my heart. And so it was a very long lesson, you know, it's a little bit more hard-headed um, than, than I think, but you know, God's timing is perfect. And now we have two precious girls. Uh, one is almost 16 and one is 13. And he truly did, you know, he gave me exceedingly abundantly more than I could have asked or imagined, but it was a great lesson in what it means to, to delight in him first. And so anytime um, I have a big dream or I have something that he has put inside of my heart, I try to remember to delight first, and then I know that it will come into fruition. Well, and I love that. And also, it's crazy how this feeds right into our small talk before um, you got on, but um, I was sharing about persistent prayer and what God's been teaching me about that. And it just reminds me in this chapter of your story about infertility and praying for um, children um, that we have to remember that God is a responsive God. That's who we pray to. One of his characteristics is he is responsive and he is always being responsive. Even if we don't see him working, he is working and he's going to, you're going to see that answer in his time because he's doing things. But the biggest thing that that reminds me of is that when we have to continue to be persistent in prayer over and over um, and trusting that he is being responsive, what is happening is we are building our relationship with him because and we have to focus on the relationship that's being built while we're praying and not so much the, the answer. Because when we're That's focused on the answer, we're not really worried about a relationship with him. But all those prayers that you were praying for your children, if you had not had that time of crying out to him and that building of just being with him, your relationship, you have a relationship with the Lord, but it wouldn't be where it is today. And I feel like in that time, it's when he aligns your desires with his. Yeah. Because sometimes those desires change depending on the circumstance but it becomes more like his because you're in that relationship with him that is so that's right that's right and there's an element of trust 
because we have to trust in him, you know, um, and we have to trust that his ways are higher than our ways. So you're exactly right. You know, sometimes he'll say, um, not yet, or I have something better in store for you. And you're going to have to trust me through this. Right. Absolutely. Well, what tools can I use if I want to start a Bible study? If somebody is out there wanting to start a Bible study, what tools would you recommend? I would say that there is so much at your fingertips today. Um, Somebody asked me what was my favorite Bible study tip, and I said, just do it. Because it's so true. I mean, like, how many times do we say that we're going to we're going to dig in, but then we don't. Um, So just do it. And if the Lord has put it on your heart to start a Bible study, then I want to speak into your life and say, you can do this. You absolutely can. That's part of what God did inside of me was he said, I had had it on my heart to start a Bible study and I kept asking all of these mature women to lead it. And finally, this the last woman I had a phone call with, she said, April, the Lord put it on your heart to do it and you can do it. <laughs> so do it. And I did. And it and it set off this chain reaction that is still going on today. But really what I would do is um if you have access to right now media, it has some amazing tools on there. And so you don't have to be a theologian. All you have to do is just prepare yourself and then gather the women inside of your home or maybe a coffee shop or maybe on your lunch break if you're a working woman and just start to go through a specific book of the Bible. Um, And then if you don't have right now media, YouTube is amazing. You know, so let's say that you're going to study Philippians with a group of women. Well, you know that Philippians has four chapters, so that would be four weeks, and then maybe you just sit down and you read through, of course, that that first chapter, and then you just dig around and find out um, what what sermons are out there on that, and and lead these women through it, and you will be amazed at what God will do to build your faith as you're willing to walk other people through the Bible. Yeah. I think that's great advice too, because I think about the times that I have been nervous in the beginning to lead a Bible study or have wanted to encourage friends to do it. I honestly think coming at it in that um, humble aspect of, hey guys, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm in this with you and we're going to learn together. I I might be orchestrating this, but I'm by no means the leader. <laughs> you know, we are learning from each other. I think just that approach too helps just helps you to be vulnerable, but then it also helps the women that are coming to say, hey, like I don't have to live up to this certain standard to be able to lead this. Like she, she doesn't have all the answers mm-hmm. and That's it just creates discussion and vulnerability and relationship um, with each other, I think too, and trust in that, in that way. Um, let's see, tell us, okay. Talk to us a little bit about the Holy land and why are you so passionate about it? So whenever I graduated from seminary in 2016, my husband had already been over with the pastor friend of his. And he said, April, you have to go. (laughs) He said, you've just spent three years of your life studying about this. He said, you have to go see it in living color. 
And I, I started looking around at the time my kids were, were very young. I mean, they were still grade school and I knew I couldn't leave them for 10 days with my husband. Um, and I, I needed him to be here to watch them. Yeah. So I was looking for a women's only tour and I couldn't find one, but I found a tour with the International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem that allowed me to go uh, as a single. And so I went with a bunch of pastors and their wives. And then, then it was me <laughs> going on this trip. And I'm telling you, Allie and Amanda, it opened up my eyes to the to to the fifth gospel is what they call it. It's like, you know, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you have Israel. And whenever you see it come to life, it changes the way that you read God's word. And it is absolutely transformative. And so as I was finishing up that trip, I was wrapping up that trip, I said to the leader, well, I was looking for a women's only tour. And they said, we have been wanting to put one of those together. We need you to come and lead it. <laughs> and I said, oh goodness. Well, you know, I, I didn't go through it with that lens this time, but I went back in 2020, right before everything shut down for COVID, oh, wow. to be trained to be the spiritual leader of the trip. And, um, and so I did, and then I thought, oh Lord, is this ever going to transpire because of COVID and all the regulations? And he opened up the door for, for us to go back. So I'm taking 35 women in November to the Holy land. And I, I just can't <laughs> to see. Yeah. I cannot wait to see what all he's going to do. Uh, so it's a, it, it has it's very daunting, you know, to, to be in charge of, of that, uh, of 35 women going to the Holy land. But at the same time, it's such a, um, humbling experience. And as I've been going through preparing all the teachings, I just think about what it did for me. And I pray that it does the same for those 34 women. And I believe it will, you know, you just come back changed. That Absolutely. is so awesome. That is definitely one of the trips that I've always wanted to go Dream on. Dream trip. It's yes. going to be one of our next family trips. Mm. My oldest son actually got to go last summer, and I'm just so glad that it, I mean, he went with a group of um, Impact 360 students because he's been a part of that, and just they're uh, and just they still stay in contact and take trips. So it was yeah. amazing just to hear from him and. Um, but I love, love, love that there. I, I can see how it would come alive. Mm, to I you. know. I want yeah. a dream trip of mine. It makes well. total sense. Yeah. Well, what is one but, thing is like, oh, wait, what were you going to say? I was going to say, you know, hopefully the Lord will open up the door for me to do it. And in a few years, I've got to give it a while, you know, have a, a high schooler and a middle schooler. So yeah. and I, I, I want to stay married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, maybe five years down the road and that might work out and then we can all go. That would be yes, really fun. That would be so great. Sign and, me up. In God's yes. timing. Yes. yes. What right. is one thing that is lightening your lo load? I love this question because this is the question that I end my podcast with. Um, because sometimes it can get heavy, you know, whenever you're talking about people's stories and how the Lord takes them from darkness to light. So I like to think about what is one thing that is just lightening your life, that is making your life easier. And for me, I would say 
Wednesday morning is the best morning for me because that is the day that my husband takes my girls to school and he takes them to either, you know, the donut palace or waffle house. And they love it because they get to go off with their dad. And I love it because that is my day to work from the house. I get my laundry done, all my laundry done in one day. I sip my coffee. I take my dog for an extra long walk. And that is like my favorite day of the week these days. That sounds <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It, it and especially with the weather nice and you can sit outside, you can do your quiet time out there, you know, it's just it that is that's my little treat in the middle of the week is to be able to, to slow down on a Wednesday. So yeah. that is the thing that's lightening my load. And right there in the middle of the week, I think creating that yeah. margin right there that we so often don't do or don't plan for. Um, my husband used to laugh at me because when we were dating in college, I had my calendar color coordinated and the white space was my free space. And that was the time that I could see him in my white space. Yeah. And so we have this, yeah. like, he was like, are you in your white space? You know, can we hang out? Um, but through that and through having small children, I've learned how I think somebody told me one time, they said, you need to plan to plan a time that you do nothing. Yeah. Like, and even though you do things during that time, it's a window that you can do whatever, whatever mm -hmm. you want. You don't actually have to be somewhere. You're not scheduled somewhere. Um, and that has been the best advice for me because it does create that margin and it, it is a treat and it helps you to finish out the rest of the week. Yeah. Well, and my, my if I ever get, when I do, unhurried mornings. Oh, yeah. Those are the best. Absolutely. Coffee. Love it. Well, tell us um, where we can get your new book that you're writing. Is When will it be out? Well, the, my new book won't be out uh, for at least 18 more months, but Made to Shine is out, and it's 90 devotions to enjoy and reflect God's light. It came out right in the middle of COVID and it's done amazing. I thought, oh Lord, how's this even going to do well in the middle of COVID? But people needed that message of light in the darkness. Yeah. And so it's just 90 devotions on how to be a light and exactly what we were talking about in the very beginning. How do I let my light shine? So there's 90 devotions inside of there about how you do exactly that and you can find that on my website at aprilrogers.com or it's published through dayspring and it's also out on amazon so many different ways to get it but if you order it through me you can get a signed copy of it awesome i can't wait to get it yeah thank you so much for your time today it's been so encouraging thank you guys i really appreciate it i love your ministry and i love what you guys are doing so keep up the good work it's it's a blessing to serve the lord beside you 